Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. So today we're talking about J.K. Starley, John Kemp Starley, who didn't invent the modern bicycle. But he certainly perfected designs that were evolving in the 19th century. And thanks to J.K. Starley, as I was on my way to the office today, Kristen, yeah. I saw a lady riding a bicycle. And it was it was a nice bike. And she even had an ad on the side advertising massage services. I'm sure it was 100% legit. But she would not have likely been doing such a thing. Riding the bike, I mean, if it were not for J.K. Starley. Right, J.K. Starley's safety bike, as it was called, not only was uh, an important chapter in transportation history, but also in women's history because of the freedom that it represented to women. I shall now quote Susan B. Anthony in in an often cited quote. uh, I know we've used it in the podcast before on an episode we did a long time ago on women and bikes, but... Nevertheless, here it is again. Susan B. Anthony in 1896 said, I think it has done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. It gives a woman a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. The moment that she takes her seat, she knows she can't get into harm unless she gets off of her bicycle. And away she goes. The picture of the free, untrammeled womanhood. And she's talking specifically about this safety bicycle. Right. Not the bikes. That had been popular before this, which were then called ordinaries after the safety rovers came out. The previous bikes, which were the hilarious ones we think of in ye olden times that had the ginormous front wheel and the teeny tiny back wheel. And, you know, like men with handlebar mustaches and and like swimsuits that were the black and white stripes. Like, that's what I think of when I think of these ordinaries. She was not talking about those because those were actually not only were they incredibly unsafe and really suited only to very tall athletic men, but they essentially prevented women 
from even getting involved in cycling for like decades, because how is a woman in all of those heavy clothes and all of the moral like rules and regulations of the day, how is she going to hoist herself up over that ginormous wheel? Yeah, let's keep in mind that fashionable women at the time would have been wearing outfits that weighed about 25 pounds. And so getting up on top of this very unwieldy machine was pretty much out of the question. So thankfully, John Kemp Starley, who was the nephew of James Starley, who's considered the father of the British bike industry, don't you know, in 1885 developed this Rover bicycle. And it was a really big deal because, you know, it didn't tip over Mm -hmm. like the ordinary or the penny farthing, as it was also known as. And he invented it not so that women could ride bikes, Mm -hmm. you know, but because, well, he was an engineer. And he said, my aim was not only to make a safety bicycle, but to produce a machine that should be the true evolution of the cycle. So, I mean, it was just kind of taking technology a step forward for that. And so what was the difference between the ordinary and uh, Starley's safety rover that he introduced? Well, revolutionarily... The wheels were almost of equal size, can you imagine? And there were cranks at the bottom bracket, and there was an actual chain powered by pedals that then powered the wheel. You, I just, it's crazy, the science behind all of this. Well, we might think of that, too, as some pretty rudimentary design, but it was still a huge deal at the time, although the tires that were on the first safety rovers were solid rubber that were wired to the tire rims. Uh, Dunlop, this guy Dunlop, wouldn't come around with his pneumatic tires until 1889. But all of this technology is happening around the same time, all these different developments, people mm-hmm. taking these designs and improving and improving and improving until we get something like the Rover that really looks pretty much like the bikes that we ride today. And the same year that Dunlop introduced his tires in 1889, the Starley Brothers also offered the Psycho Ladies bicycle, and I found ads for it that were great, but I didn't find... Fill me in here if you if you found it. I didn't find an explanation for the for the name. Yeah, I'm not sure what's up with the psycho and the psycho lady's bicycle, but the design was different than the standard safety rover because it had something called a step through frame, which meant that the bicycle frame was low enough so that a woman in a long skirt could ride astride without having to hoist her skirt up over her ankles. It was all about making sure that a woman's ankles were not put on display. Oh, heavens. I think Psycho Cycles would be a great name for a bike shop. Somebody get on that. Well, so why were bicycles such a big deal to women? This is coming from an excerpt from Bella Bathurst's book in The Telegraph. I mean, it's kind of really simple if you think about it. Bikes kind of let women leave. Yeah. <laughs> women could get out of the house. And I mean, at the same time that all of this bike technology is happening, there's also a movement, the uh, the rational clothes movement that we've talked about before, where like, let's get rid of our corsets or just get lighter corsets. Let's maybe get rid of these heavy skirts and wear, oh my goodness, bloomers so that we're not scandalizing anyone. And of course, everyone was still scandalized. Yeah, and for those of you who have listened to last week's Boys of Summer episode on Paul Poiret, who was the fashion designer in France, who was the first 
designer to popularize the no corset look. He was doing his no corset designs around the same time mm-hmm. that the rational dress movement was going on, that the bicycle craze was starting to take off. So a lot of wheels are in motion, Caroline, uh-huh. for women at the time. Uh-huh. Well, so, you know, we have during this period also, it's, it's post-industrial revolution, and we have a rise in the middle class thanks to a rise in leisure time, basically. And so what does this new middle class as well as the upper class do with their leisure time? Leisure activities. Yeah. So we've talked about also, uh, as Krista mentioned in regards to Pore, we talked about how people were getting involved in things like tennis and things like that. Also cycling. And in 1894, Bearings Magazine wrote, the safety bicycle fills a much needed want for women in any station of life. It knows no class distinction is within reach of all and rich and poor alike have the opportunity of enjoying this popular and healthful exercise. So this was kind of a new development after a lot of people had protested not only for moral reasons, but also like women are too dainty. They shouldn't exercise and and get fresh air. And also by 1894, when that Bearings Magazine article came out, safety bikes were being mass produced, which was bringing the price of it down. Because when bikes first came out, they cost the same amount as a cart and a horse. Mm. So they, they weren't cheap at first. But once the craze took off, there was this democratization to where anybody could to get their hands on a bike. But for women, though, there was that moral aspect that you mentioned, Caroline, and a lot of it was not just because you might show your ankles, Mm -hmm. but simply because it would mean that women might be riding astride. (gasps) Yes. I mean, if you were, for instance, a female equestrian at the time, you would ride side saddle. And some bicycles took a cue from that and had side saddle designs, which can you imagine trying to ride a bike? You can't get very far riding side saddle on a bike. That sounds incredibly complicated. Yeah. And so everyone was kind of panicking about what would happen if women were riding astride because of the friction involved. <laughs> there was a French expert at the time who said that this friction between a, a woman's lady seat and the bicycle seat would ruin the, quote, Feminine organs of matrimonial necessity. And so there was one company, for instance, that said, ha, we have a solution. It came out with a hygienic bicycle seat that essentially had a vagina hole cut out of it so that you wouldn't make contact. So uh, no friction, no problem. (laughs) I can't even imagine how uncomfortable just like a cutout seat was. It might be breezy. Could, it could be breezy. Well, no, because you're still wearing all that junk. This is true. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Well, so there were also crazy things at this time, like bicycle chaperones. You could basically rent a man to chaperone you on your bicycle so that you weren't raising any eyebrows. Yeah, some say that the uh, tandem bikes, the bicycles built for two, were built for that reason, so that women would not have to go out on their bikes unaccompanied. Yeah, but despite all of the movements and pushes for clothing that made sense on bicycles. Uh, Fanny Erskine in Lady Cycling wrote, some wise people say that corsets should be discarded for cycling. And she's trying to set the record straight here, people. She says, this is not correct. There should be no approach to tight lacing, but a pair of woolen cased corsets afford great support. They keep the figure from going all abroad and protect the vital parts from chills. Oh, make sure your vital parts don't catch chills. Um, the American Lady Corset Company was one of the, the companies at the time trying to jump on the bike craze, but also make sure that women didn't get too wild with their bikes. And so they offered a biking corset. And at one point they had this deal in which they would, they offered a hundred dollars of free bicycle insurance with every biking corset sold. That's a lot of uh, bike insurance for, you know, the 1890s. Yeah, that's, it is. That's worth a lot. They really want you to wear those corsets. I wonder, I'm imagining though a biking corset being made out of, you know, like a, like a lycra kind of. <laughs> and know. it's neon. Exactly. And it wicks moisture. <laughs> lots of, lots of moisture wicking happening. Well, so also during this time, you know, we talked about Poré and his harem pants and how Amelia Bloomer came along and was trying to push bloomers. But really, I mean, it took a while for these types of outfits to catch on because a lot of people were just like, oh, it's scandalous. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the political women and the progressive women who really adopted everything. And a tricyclist. Yes, tricycles for grownups. Yeah. Very popular. They were big at the time. Very big, because you could still wear your hoop skirt, ladies. Right. They were literally big (laughs) at the time. Literally giant. Um, So a tricyclist wrote to Tricyclist Magazine, because there was a magazine for everything back then, and said, the result of the adoption of such an outre dress would be that no lady either could or would ride and subject herself to the insults that such a novel costume would entail. So basically, I don't want people on the side of the road to yell harassing things at me when I'm wearing pants. But that tricyclist 
motorcyclist was wrong. She was so wrong. She was so wrong. And first of all, I would like to meet the editor of Tricyclist magazine. I just imagine, I'm sure it was a he, imagine he was a dandy fellow. Um, But yeah, it is fascinating to see how this one innovation of J.K. Starley's safety bike tied in all of these different elements, all these political movements, the the gender movement going on, the fashion changes, all this stuff swept together in a bicycle. Right. And I mean, he was he was, like we said, just trying to engineer a better bike and in the process just finally got a lot of women out of the house and outside. Although I would like to note that when the safety bike first came out, of course, the penny farthing slash ordinary riders, you know, the, the bikes with the giant, comically large front wheels, made fun of the safety bikes, mm-hmm. calling them dwarf machines, beetles, and crawlers. But of course, the safety bikers got the last laugh. Yeah. Although they had to, would have to shake, like point their finger <laughs> up. At the person riding by on the giant, ordinary bike. But by 1897, there were more than 2 million bikes that had been sold in the United States. So the 1890s, this is when the bike craze is happening. And women's cycling clubs uh, were becoming more popular. And the thing about the popularity and the impact of the bicycle was that it effectively reached a cross-section of the female population. Because it became mass-produced, it wasn't just a thing reserved for upper-class women, even though it probably started as an upper-class leisure pursuit mm-hmm. and trickled down. But it, it happened in such a short amount of time. And like we mentioned, a lot of these bicycle pioneers saw it as a noble cause. I mean, it was a lot of times aligned with the suffrage movement, Mm -hmm. women's rights movement. And even Elizabeth Cady Stanton said that woman is riding to suffrage on a bicycle. These women were making a statement. Being out in the world wearing puffy pants was a political statement. And a little bit ironic that bicycles were seen as this kind of engine of women's suffrage because one of the reasons why bicycling became so immediately popular among men along with other sports was because alongside the rise in urbanization, there was this push for manly exercise for fear that these city-fied men were becoming too feminine. But I bet that, you know, those, those early Early male biking pioneers probably didn't anticipate it being something that 20 years down the line, men and women would be riding alongside each other. Yeah, joining photography clubs. Yeah. Cycling clubs. In 1894, Golden Gate Park, in a sign of just how popular biking had become for men and women alike, they opened a cyclery which I think was an indoor bicycling rink, essentially. But it had separate sitting rooms, lockers, and bathrooms for women because, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, Just as many women were coming out to bicycle and tricycle. Supervised cycling. How fun that must have been. I'm sure it was liberating at the time. Yeah. Yes. I mean, imagine, like, I remember the feeling of riding a bike for the first time, and it really did feel like liberation in a way. Yeah, I would just go ride mine around the neighborhood for hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's get out of the studio and go ride our bike. Let's do it. I have a little bell. It really works. People get out of the way. (laughs) Ding, ding. Well, with that... Send us your letters about your bicycles and tricycles. Send us pictures. 
Do you have an awesome bike? Oh, we didn't mention, too, that and I know that some listeners will appreciate this, that those Stanley safety bikes, those very first bikes, they were fixies. They were fixed gear bikes, no brakes. Original hipster. They, yes. They, uh, those 1890s cyclists were the original hipsters. <laughs> so with that, send us your emails. MomStuffAtDiscovery.com is where you can send them, or you can find us on Facebook or tweet us at MomStuffPodcast. And before we get to a couple of your letters, Caroline, let's take a quick break, and we'll get right back. Kristen, I am super excited that I have Netflix because shows like Arrested Development, Felicity, I'm going to say it again, are available to watch at my command. Netflix streams TV shows and movies directly to your home, saving you time, money, and hassle. That's right. As a Netflix member like Caroline and I are, you can instantly watch TV episodes and movies streaming directly to your PC, Mac, or right to your TV with your Xbox 360, PS3, or Nintendo Wii console, also including Apple devices, Kindle, and Nook. Now, if you are a Stuff Mom Never Told You listener, you can get a free 30-day trial membership by going to netflix.com slash mom and signing up. Right, so join Kristen and me on Netflix. Get your free 30-day trial by going to netflix.com slash mom. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank. Brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. 
And now back to our letters. Well, I've got one here from Janice about our episode on magical movie makeovers. And she writes, wonderful job on the podcast as always. Thank you, Janice. Just wanted to remind you of the princess diaries and the lovely Anne Hathaway being made into a princess. Yes, good point. Um, and she said also Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, the quote business women makeover taught them that you are at your most fabulous when you're just being yourself. That's right. Indeed. Uh, I have a letter here from Sarah, and she was responding to a conversation we had in an advertisement. Oh, yes. She says, when I heard you talking about binge Netflixing on Felicity this morning on my way to work, I almost pulled over the car right then and there to email you. I never watched the show when it originally aired, so I'm catching up now. I am totally addicted. No spoilers. Okay, Sarah, no spoilers, but you're in for a treat. Okay, but there's a haircut that happens. There is a haircut, and then they had to make everybody at the WB sign a contract saying they wouldn't cut their hair. That's a real thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's why that happened? Yeah. Okay, we should probably have this conversation off the podcast. Probably. Okay. Anyway, so Sarah goes on to say, Now that I'm here, I want to thank you for your podcasts. They regularly keep me company on my commute to and from work. I discovered you while pregnant with my now seven-month-old son, and you accompanied me through many long, sleepless nights. I know babies terrify you, so I won't say more. That's not true, Sarah. Much. Uh, she says, I love your stuff on parenting, specifically anything that has to do with being a working mom. I work full-time and my husband stays home with my son. He also goes to school full-time as well. It's nice to hear about other working moms and the struggle we all face leaving our children behind for eight-plus hours at a time and then coming home for our second shift. And she says, keep up the great work, ladies. I've just started watching your YouTube channel. What a crack up. Thank you, Sarah. I'm glad you're listening and watching. Yeah. And uh, thanks to everybody who's written into momstuffatdiscovery.com. And also, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook. Like us there while you're at it. You can follow us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. We're on Tumblr as well at stuffmomnevertoldyou.tumblr.com. And you, too, should check us out on YouTube if you haven't already. We are at youtube.com slash stuff. Mom never told you, so head over there and subscribe. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.